0: Hey there, this is Nathan Agan, and welcome to The Working Actor's Journey. Today's episode is the workshop presentation from the rehearsal room uh, from January 2021. It is a couple of scenes from As You Like It, and this is our first all-pro group. Now, uh, usually the scenes have a combination of professional actors and uh, newer or younger actors, and with this, you know, we just had a, a plethora of talent, uh people who wanted to be involved, and we didn't have, you know, other students uh, looking for a scene. And so, well, we thought, well, maybe we can just put all the professionals together and see what happens there. And, of course, it was great work, no big surprise. uh, But uh, now, today, you get to enjoy the fruits of that labor. And the two scenes that uh, we're going to be presenting are uh act one scene three from as you like it and act three scene two uh the first scene is when the two women are banished you know they've just you know uh, celia's kind of uh trying to get Rosalind to admit that she likes orlando and then uh, uh celia's father comes in and banishes the two of them uh, and then the second scene is later in the play they discover uh, orlando's poetry and discuss it and just, you know, again, the playful banter, you know, Roslyn is kind of more falling for this guy and all this kind of stuff. And, and just wonderful, wonderful work from the actors. I'll, I'll mention them in a second. Um, but, uh, listen, if this is your first time you are discovering one of these presentations – uh, you can catch up on all the previous workshops, uh, we've put out there featuring Richard III, King Lear, Troilus and Cressida, uh, and Midsummer. All of those, uh, scenes are on the podcast, uh, and they're also on YouTube if you want to watch them there. Now since we are only a few weeks out from the next rehearsal room session, uh, beginning September 13th, we are focusing on Chekhov with director Libby Apple. Uh, Really excited that Libby can join us, her co-translator, co-author of uh, Five Chekhov Plays, Allison Horsley is coming in to join us as dramaturg from New Zealand. That's where she's based right now. Uh, Ursula Meyer, uh, who worked with Libby and Allison up at Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Uh, Ursula is the current graduate head of acting at UCSD. She's going to be part of this as a voice person. Uh, and then we have some wonderful professional actors in Alberto Isaac, uh, Deidre Henry, and uh, Julie Lee. Uh, and then a few other uh, fantastic actors. Some uh, have been part of uh, the rehearsal room before. They're coming back. Uh, a couple of them are actually working, you know, out there in the world at theaters, which is great. Uh, and so it's gonna be a wonderful, wonderful experience, uh, starting September 13th. Check off. Now, you can still be part of the Chekhov experience uh, as the audience. There's still plenty of room. There's lots of seats for you to be a fly on the wall. If you go to workingactorsjourney.com, uh, you can find links to sign up and be part of the rehearsal room. Right now, it's only $27. You get access to four weeks of work. Uh, it's a really great deal, really, really fun. Um, and so that's what we're doing with Chekhov. Hope you'll uh, uh, join us for that. Uh, it should be really, really exciting. Okay, so that's what we're doing with Chekhov. That's what's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, and again, today's episode is a couple scenes from the As You Like It workshop presentation in the rehearsal room from January 2021. The cast uh, are just two people, uh, Aubrey Savarino as uh, Rosalind and Megan Boeing as Celia. The scene was directed by Elizabeth Swain. Now, as I mentioned, this was our first uh, all-pro group. Uh, It just didn't disappoint. And in just a few sessions, uh, normally we do four weeks, but uh, I think they only met for three sessions total, including uh, this session. And uh, they just found, you know, as professionals, they could kind of work a little bit faster. Uh, and the scenes aren't are too long or, or overly complicated. Um, and they were just able to bring a lot to it, all of them. So uh, it was—they uh, they created some really wonderful moments, super spirited discussion. Uh, Aubrey, Megan, and Liz all, you know, have a lot to you know say and think about uh, with, with these characters. So it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, observing that and even participating a little bit. Uh, you'll hear me in the beginning and uh, at the end as part of the discussion. Uh, and I want to mention, um, you know, Aubrey and Megan are both graduates of the Old Globe and USD's MFA program. Are both big Shakespeare fans. Uh, Liz has been acting and directing these works for years as well. So uh, it was a group with a lot of passion and talent. So, without further ado, here we go with the rehearsal room presentation of As You Like It from January 2021.
1: I have a couple of friends from New York that should be watching, including the one that I played Celia with when she played Rosalind. I think she's going to be watching. That's fun. I know. Is my Celia here? Let me see. Um, Oh, I have two Rosalinds maybe watching because I've done it twice. (laughs) I think
0: both oh, of my husbands might be watching, which would be fun. <laughs> Good, good. Uh, well, uh, uh, welcome, everybody, to the uh, As You Like It uh, uh, scene uh, presentation, the workshop. Uh, my name is Nathan Agen. I am the uh, host and producer of The Working Actor's Journey, which uh, began as a podcast. And uh, over 2020, we did some live stream readings, and then that morphed into these workshops. And uh, so, what I'll do is I'll give you a little bit of context uh, in case you're new to, uh, you know, this format and what we're doing here. Um, over the course of the month, we uh, would have a group of actors uh, that could be a combination of uh, newer or younger actors working with more experienced actors, a director, a dramaturge, and a voice coach on one scene uh, over the, the months, um, meeting uh, over the month, meeting once a week. Uh, and so as many of the artists can attest, that is uh, an extreme luxury to be able to spend that much time on one piece of uh, uh, material. Uh, in most e- even professional productions, you're lucky if you get three or four weeks of rehearsal on the entire play. And very soon you're staging it and up on your feet and all that kind of stuff. And what many, uh, many of the actors and artists love is being able to dive into this material. So that's what we have made these workshops uh, the focus. Uh, that's what the focus is here. Uh, and uh, what we've been doing. So it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we had some other evenings uh, this week. Uh, we did uh, scenes from Midsummer Night's Dream, Julius Caesar, and King John. Uh, and uh, again, concluding this week with uh, As You Like It. So uh, really thrilled that uh, you could be here with us this evening. Uh, I'll mention just a couple other things, and then we'll get right to it. Uh, we are planning to do more workshops and, and continuing to... Uh, experiment and, and brainstorm what else we might be able to do, uh, you know, with this platform and this medium. So we'll definitely keep all of you apprised uh, of that. And whether you want to be involved as an actor or artist uh, or as an attendee sitting in on the rehearsals uh, or, uh, you know, just continuing to attend these uh, scene presentations, that will be great. Uh, we also started a coaching program where uh, with many of the actors and artists, you can see, uh, you know, this evening and and over the weeks, uh you can work directly with them on uh, uh anything from auditions to uh acting in general shakespeare singing text uh you can book uh, a private session with those people so we're really thrilled to be able to open that up and continue uh this uh opportunity for uh connecting those that are still you know developing their careers with those who have been working for uh you know uh, some time uh and one of the things we're excited about with these workshops, uh, is that, you know, we can really explore gender blind, color blind, age blind casting. It doesn't matter because again, the focus is the text. So, uh, if you've been present to uh, some of the other nights, you've seen that, uh, in, in maybe, uh, more extreme ways, uh, in the other scenes. And so that's just something we're, we're really, uh, enjoying, uh, and, uh, in the other evenings, the registered actors, uh, would have the opportunity to work with uh, uh, text coaches and voice coaches, as I mentioned. Uh, so again, we're really thrilled. Uh, this evening we have a, a professional group and all professional groups. So uh, this what was actually fun uh, because there are so many wonderful artists out there. Uh, we, we talked about this and we thought, well, why don't we add a kind of bonus evening? Uh, and so we have uh, these three lovely women here, Uh introduce them very quickly. So we have uh, Elizabeth Swain uh, is the director of this scene, and she's also going to be playing Duke Frederick. Uh, uh, Aubrey Saverino is playing uh, Rosalind, and Megan Boeing is playing Celia. Uh, and uh, as I'm sure they will talk about, they all, uh, I think, have some experience with this play in multiple incarnations. So uh, uh, they, they bring a lot of history to it, which is great. Uh, and I'm just thrilled that, uh, you know, we could involve them uh, in this month as well. Uh, so I think uh, I think that's pretty much it for me I, again tonight is kind of a continuation of what they've been doing so you may see them discuss new things or new ideas or go back and rework things uh, that you know that's what this is it's just for you to be part of this process of seeing how do actors work on this material what goes into perhaps the final performance that you see on stage. Uh, or even screen. So uh, that's it. I've introduced everybody, so I think that's uh, it for me. Again, yeah, feel free to use the Zoom chat if you have any uh, questions or feedback. Uh, but other, uh, with with that all said, I will turn it over to uh, Elizabeth Swain, and hope you all have a wonderful evening.
1: Thank you, Nathan, and thank you all for being here. This is very exciting. 1599. That was a very interesting year for Mr. Shakespeare. The year before, they had taken down the Blackfriars Theatre and carried it across the river and put it up again in in the South Bank as the Globe Theatre, and Shakespeare became a shareholder. He also wrote marvelous plays that year. He began with Henry V, then he went to Julius Caesar, and then he went to As You Like It. And As You Like It provides the largest of women's roles, with over 740 lines, I think it is. Hamlet has twice as many. But for a woman's role, this was a biggie. And, uh, and she goes through this wonderful conversion in the forest, where she discovers her true self. Um, she has her cousin Celia with her. The play is full of doubles. That's one double, the two women who are cousins and love each other very, very much. And in fact, if we could say that the theme of love is very important in this play, Celia is the one that makes the great sacrifice in the, early on in the play when she chooses to go away and leave her court and her security to be with her cousin and take this unknown step of going to the forest. So that is her first first big act of love in this play. Um, the other doubles are: we have two dukes, one good, one bad. We have two brothers, one good, one bad. We have, and of course, there is conversion, so they don't remain that way. We have the daughters that I've mentioned. We have the two shepherd lovers in the forest. Sylvius and Phoebe, who, by the way, speak in verse, whereas Celia and Rosalind most of the time, not all of the time, speak in prose, which is interesting. And then we have the rustics, Audrey and William, which are sort of highly comic. And then, of course, William doesn't get Audrey. Touchstone does. And his sort of pairing can be with Jaques as the sort of the cynical commentators, Then there is Corin, the old, old shepherd who knows a lot about life and sheep. I spoke to Gideon. Well, Gideon, I didn't speak. We did not have the luxury of Gideon, the dramaturg, in our rehearsals, but he did send me something he'd written about As You Like It, which, of course, was absolutely brilliant. And the thing he pointed out was that envy is one of the guiding principles in this play. It sets the play off at the beginning because... Orlando is the good brother and his brother hates him and, and keeps him from his inheritance because he's completely envious because the people like him. The Duke, Frederick, is also worried because he thinks the people like Rosalind more than his daughter Celia, which is why he banishes her. Um, so you've got that going on all this. There's a lot of this, so this envy thing. It sets things off in a very, very bad way. Um, but, the second, So everybody in the court is in trouble, and they end up going to the Forest of Arden, for which you could read Eden, you could read Arcadia, wonderful things happen. It's also, the whole idea of it being a pastoral, perhaps, with the characters that I've mentioned. And pastorals were very popular with Elizabethan audiences, although they were a little more political than we might realize. It wasn't just about the shepherds, they were making comments on contemporary Elizabethan life. So, um, what else? There was something else I wanted to say about the two? No, I think not. It's very clear to us that it's sort of that the good things happen once they're in the forest. It's not that life is absolutely simple and easy, and so on. It's not, but they learn about themselves in the forest. So we're going to do two scenes. The first one is just after Rosalind and Celia have witnessed this awful um, wrestling match where, absolutely miraculously enough, Orlando defeats Charles, the wrestler, the, the Duke's wrestler. And, of course, it has been arranged that Charles will actually break Orlando's neck, not his little finger, uh, in a scene earlier that Oliver has, has done. Well, so when he wins... It is the one time in the play when Rosalind is tongue-tied, but she does put this wonderful chain around his neck, which appears later, of course. And uh, so that's it, she's fallen madly in love. And that's, will sort of kick us into the first scene. And then the second scene is um, when they are now in the forest and they're having a fairly good time. And, uh, you know, they've met lots of fun people. And uh, suddenly, Celia finds this god-awful poem stuck to a tree. So we're not going to read the whole poem, because it is pretty awful. <laughs> we're going to read the end of it, which will kick us in to the rest of the second scene. So I will disappear and take a breather, and we can start the first scene. Oh, by the way, I think, shall we just breathe between the two scenes rather than take a real break and disappear that works is that okay great yeah. okay
2: yes why cousin why rosalind cupid have mercy not a word not one to throw at a dog no thy words are too precious to be cast away upon curs throw some of them at me come lame me with
3: reasons. Then there were two cousins laid up, when the one should be lamed with reasons and the other mad without any. But is all this for your father? No. Some of it is for my child's father. Oh, how full of briars is this working day world?
2: They are but birds, cousin, thrown upon thee in holiday foolery. If we walk not in the trodden paths, our very petticoats will catch them.
3: I could shake them off my coat. These burrs are in my heart. Hem them away. I would try if I could cry hem and have him. Come, come, wrestle with thy affections. They take the part of a better wrestler than myself.
2: (laughs) But turning these jests out of service, let us talk in good earnest. Is it possible on such a sudden, you should fall into so strong a liking with old Sir Roland's youngest son
3: the Duke? My father loved his father dearly, does it therefore ensue you
2: should love his son dearly by this kind of chase? I should hate him for my father hated his father dearly,
3: yet I hate not Orlando no faith, hate him not for my sake. Why should I not? does he not deserve well? Let me love him for that. And you do love him because I do. Look, here comes the Duke.
1: With his eyes full of anger. Mistress, dispatch you with your safest haste and get you from our court. Me, uncle? You, cousin, within these ten days, if that thou beest found so near our public court as twenty miles, thou diest for it.
3: I do beseech your grace... Let me the knowledge of my fault bear with me. If with myself I hold intelligence, or have acquaintance with my own desires, if, if that I do not dream, or be not frantic, as I do trust I am not, then, dear uncle, never so much as in a thought unborn did
1: I offend your highness. Thus do all traitors. If their purgation did consist in words, they are as innocent as grace itself. Let it suffice thee that I trust thee not. Yet your mistrust cannot make me a
3: traitor. Tell me whereon the likelihood depends. Thou art thy father's daughter. There's enough. So was I when your highness took his dukedom. So was I when your highness banished him. Treason is not inherited, my lord. Or, or if we did derive it from our friends, what's that to me? My father was no traitor. Then, good my liege, mistake me
1: not so much to think my poverty is treacherous. Dear Sovereign, hear me speak. Ay, Celia, we stayed her for your sake, else had she with her father ranged along. I did not then entreat to have her stay.
2: It was your pleasure and your own remorse. I was too young that time to value her, but now I know her. If she be a traitor, why, so am I. We still have slept together, rose at an instant, learned, played, ate together, and wheresoever we went like Juno's swans,
1: still we went coupled and inseparable. She is too subtle for thee, and her smoothness, her very silence and her patience speak to the people, and they pity her. Thou art a fool, she robs thee of thy name, And thou wilt show more bright and see more virtuous when she is gone. Then open not thy lips. Firm and irrevocable is my doom, which I have passed upon her. She is banished. Pronounce that sentence then on me,
2: my liege. I cannot live out of her company.
1: You are a fool. You, niece... Provide yourself. If you outstay the time upon mine honor and in the greatness of my word, you die.
2: Oh, my poor Rosalind, whither wilt thou go? Wilt thou change fathers? I will give thee mine. I charge thee, be thou not more grieved than I.
3: I have more cause. No,
2: thou hast not, cousin. Pray really thee be cheerful. Knowest thou not the Duke has banished me
3: his daughter? That he hath not.
2: No, hath not Rosalind then lacks the love which teacheth thee that thou and I am one. Shall we be sundered? Shall we part, sweet girl? No, let my father seek another heir. Therefore devise with me how we may fly. Whither to go and what to bear with us, and do not seek to take your change upon you, to bear your griefs yourself, and leave me out. For by this heaven, now at our sorrows pale, say what thou canst, I'll go along with thee.
3: Why, whither shall we go?
2: To seek my uncle in the forest of Arden.
3: Alas, what danger will it be to us, maids as we are, to travel forth so far? Beauty provoketh thieves sooner than gold.
2: I'll put myself in poor and mean attire, and with a kind of umber smirch my face. The like do you. So shall we pass along and never, sail- never stir assailants. Were it
3: not better, because that I am more than common tall, that I did suit me all points like a man? A gallant curdle axe upon my thigh, a a boar spear in my hand, and in my heart, lie there what hidden woman's fear there will. We'll have a swashing and a martial outside, as many other mannish cowards have that do outface it with their semblances. What shall I call thee when thou art a man? I'll have no worse a name than Jove's own page. Therefore, look, you call me Ganymede. But what will you be called? Uh, uh, Something that hath a reference to my state. No
2: longer Celia, but Aliena.
3: But, cousin, what if we essayed to steal the clownish fool out of your father's court? Would he not be a comfort to our travel? He'll go along over the wide world with me. Leave me
2: alone to woo him. Let's away and get our jewels and our wealth together. Devise the fittest time and safest way to hide us from pursuit that will be made after my flight. Now go we in content to liberty not to banishment. Thus Rosalind of many parts by heavenly synod was devised of many faces, eyes, and hearts to have the touches dearest prized. Heaven would that she these gifts should have, and I to live and
3: die her (laughs) slave. Oh, most gentle Jupiter, what tedious homily of love have you wearied your parishioners withal, and never cried, have patience, good people? Didst thou hear these verses? Oh, yes, I heard them all, and more, too, for some of them had in them more feet than the verses would bear. Ah, that's no matter,
2: the feet might Bear the verses.
3: Aye, but the feet were lame and could not bear themselves without the verse, and therefore stood lamely in the verse.
2: (laughs) But didst thou hear without wondering how thy name should be hanged and carved on every tree?
3: I was seven of the nine days out of the wonder before you came for. Look here, what I found on a palm tree. (laughs) I was never so berimed since Pythagoras' time that I was an Irish rat, which I can hardly remember.
2: I trow you who hath done this.
3: Is it a man?
2: And a chain that you once wore about his neck. Change you color? I prithee who? Oh, Lord, Lord, it is a hard matter for friends to meet that mountains may be removed with earthquakes and so encounter. But who
3: is it? Is it possible? Nay, I prithee now, with most petitionary vehemence, tell me who it is. Oh, wonderful,
2: wonderful, and most wonderful, wonderful, and yet again
3: wonderful, and after that, out of all whooping. Good my complexion! Dost thou think, though I am comparisoned like a man, I have a doublet and hose in my disposition? One inch of delay more is a... South Sea of Discovery, I prithee, tell me who it is, quickly, and speak apace. I would thou couldst stammer that thou mightst pour this concealed man out of thy mouth, as wine comes out of a narrow-mouthed bottle, either too much at once or none at all. I prithee, take the cork out of thy mouth, that I may drink thy tidings. So you may put a man in your belly? (laughs) Is he of God's making? Manner of man, is his head worth a hat, or his chin worth a beard? Nay, he has but a little beard. My God will send more, if the man be thankful. Let me stay the growth of his beard, if thou delay me not the knowledge of his chin. It is young
2: Orlando that tripped up the
3: wrestler's heels and your heart, both in an instant. Nay, but the devil take mocking, speak, sad brow, and true, maid. faith, cuz, tis he.
2: Orlando.
3: Orlando. Alas, the day! What shall I do with my doublet and hose? What, what, what did he when thou sawest him? What said he? How looked he? Uh, where and went he? Um, what makes he here? Did, did he ask for me? Where remains he? Uh, how part is he with thee? And, and, and when shalt thou see him again? Answer me in one word.
2: You must borrow me Gargantua's mouth first. Tis a word too great for this mouth, any mouth of this age's size, to say aye and no to this. These particulars is more than to answer in a catechism. But.
3: Doth he know that I am in this forest, and in man's apparel? Looks he as freshly as he did the day that he wrestled. It is as easy to count atomies
2: as to resolve the propositions of a lover. But take a taste of my finding him, and relish it with good observance. I found him under a tree, like a dropped
3: acorn. It may well be called Jove's tree when it drops forth such fruit.
2: Give me audience, good madam. Proceed. There lay he stretched along like a wounded knight.
3: Oh, though it be pity to see such a sight, it well becomes the ground.
2: Cry hollow to thy tongue, I prithee! It curvets unseasonably. He was furnished like a hunter.
3: Oh, ominous. He comes to kill my heart. I would sing my song
2: without a burden. Thou
3: bringst me out of tune. Do you not know I am a woman? When I think, I must speak. Sweet, say on. You bring me out. Soft, comes he not here? Does he slink by and note him?
2: Sorry, I think I lost my connection in the middle there. Everything froze for a few minutes. <laughs> I don't know if it was
1: me or you or internet. You never know. <laughs> yeah, there was a thing for a minute. great. How did you feel about that, Ron? <laughs> it felt a little rusty on, on my part, but. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's been a week, but, uh, yeah, I mean, some things yeah. clicked and as always, there's probably short. <laughs> yeah, that is the issue when you haven't done it for a week. There are advantages and disadvantages to it. Yeah, some things yeah. sink in and some things. Because I, I felt that in the first bit about Laming Me With Reasons, that section didn't have the joy that we've had in it. It was a little bit somber. So I'd love to do that bit again and just sort of... So because I think it's really important that that section shows the two of you at the your giddiest, your happiest before the Duke comes in and messes it all up. So I'd love to do that section again just to get the joy back in. Um, and I think... In the second part of the first scene, um, I think, again, what was lost a little bit in the week was the discoveries that you have no idea how you're going to get through this. And each idea has to come popping through your head. You know, like, well, I've got to to dress. So the dressing is one thing. Smirching your face with umber is a different thing entirely. And then needing the guy is another thing. Everything is a discovery that you need rather than you knew that you were going to have to have them. Um, and then we talked about it and you get it pretty much, but I think it could be a little bit more. Um, yeah. 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 And this, the second bit was, was fun. Cause we worked on that. Cause I was, cause, you know, we, we only worked on this scene one for one week. Right. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the other one we worked on for two weeks. So, um, so I think it was a little the one that was a little rusty. I like because I thought the second one went very well. Um, a comparison. You said you did comparison again. Oh gosh, Compar- comparison, comparison, comparison. And um, Megan, the liquid on tune. On tune. You, you heard, you heard his. Liquid. I know. I was like, ah. Oh. You, you <laughs> knew like some American, American theaters do it, and some I, don't. I, and like, yeah. I mean, I thought that one went really well I, I don't really see you know of course one could always do it again um let's do the first part before the juke comes on you don't need me coming in again but do that first bit and see if you can just let the champagne fizzle and pop you got it okay
2: my cousin why rosalind cupid have mercy not a word Not one to throw at a dog. No, thy words are too precious to be cast away upon curs. Throw some of them at me. Come, lame me with reasons.
3: Then there were two cousins laid up, when the one should be lamed with reasons and the other mad without any. But is all this for your father? No, some of it is for my child's father. Oh, how full of briars is this working day world?
2: They are but burrs, cousin, thrown upon the unholiday foolery. If we walk not in the trodden paths, our very petticoats will catch them.
3: I could shake them off my coat. These burrs are in my heart. Hem them away. I would try if I could cry hem and have him. Come, come, wrestle with thy affections. Ah, oh, they take the part of a better wrestler than myself.
2: <laughs> but turning these jests out of service is it let us talk in good earnest is it possible on such a sudden that you should fall into so strong a liking with old sir roland's youngest son
3: the duke my father loved his father dearly
2: that it therefore ensue that you should love his son dearly by this kind of chase i should hate him for my father hated his father dearly Yet I hate not Orlando.
3: No, Faith, hate him not for my sake. Why should I not? Does he not deserve well? Let me love him for that, and you do love him because I do. Look, here comes the Duke, with his eyes full of anger.
1: Okay, that was much more fun. Didn't you feel it? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what we needed. That was what we needed. Um, Do you want to go on and do the next half again and? see what happens because there's a very serious moment when he comes in because we've been in um prose and suddenly he bounces in in verse and so um i think it's in the the whole tone has to shift which i hope it does um because i'm the one that has to say those words Mm -hmm. and then you but you respond beautifully to it um Alright, let's, let's do it because I think we should do the whole scene again. Okay, so go back to, uh, by, uh, does it therefore ensue? Say the Duke my father loved his father dearly. Go from there. The Duke
3: my father loved his father dearly. Mm, does it therefore ensue that you
2: should love his son dearly? Now this kind of chase, I should hate him, for my father hated his father dearly. Yet I hate not Orlando.
3: No, Faith, hate him not for my sake. Doth he not? Why should I not?
2: Doth he not deserve well?
3: Let me love him for that, and you do love him because I do. Look, here comes the duke.
1: With his eyes full of anger. Mistress, dispatch you with your safest haste and get you from our court. Me, uncle? You, cousin, within these ten days, if that thou beest found so near our public court as twenty miles, thou diest for it. I do
3: beseech your grace, let me the knowledge of my fault bear with me. If with myself I hold intelligence or have acquaintance with my known desires, if that I do not dream or be not frantic, as I do trust I am not, then, dear uncle, never so much as in a thought
1: unborn did I offend your highness. Thus do all traitors, if their purgation did consist in words, they are as innocent as grace itself. Let it suffice thee that I trust thee not.
3: Yet your mistrust cannot make me a traitor. Tell me whereon the likelihood depends. Thou art thy father's daughter, There's enough. So was I when your highness took his dukedom. So was I when your highness banished him. Treason is not inherited, my lord, or if we did derive it from our friends, what's that to me? My father was no traitor. Then, good my leash, mistake me not so much to think my poverty is treacherous.
1: Dear Sovereign, hear me speak. Ay, Celia, we stayed her for your sake, else had she with her father ranged along. I did not then
2: entreat to have her stay. It was your pleasure and your own remorse. I was too young that time to value her, but now I know her. If she be a traitor, why so am I? We still have slept together, rose at an instant, learned, played, ate together, and wheresoever we went like Juno swans, still we went coupled and
1: inseparable. She is too subtle for thee. And her smoothness, her very silence, and her patience speak to the people, and they pity her. Thou art a fool, she robs thee of thy name, and thou wilt show more bright, and seem more virtuous, when she is gone. Then open not thy lips, firm and irrevocable is my doom, which I have passed upon her, she is banished."
2: Pronounce that sentence then on me, my liege. I
1: cannot live out of her company. You are a fool. You, niece, provide yourself. If you outstay the time upon mine honor and in the greatness of my word, you die.
2: Oh, my poor Rosalind, whither wilt thou go? Wilt thou change, fathers? I will give thee mine. I charge thee be thou not be not thou more grieved than I am
3: I have more cause
2: Thou hast not, cousin Prithee, be cheerful Knowest thou not the Duke hath banished me, his
3: daughter? That he hath not
2: No, have not Rosalind lacks then the love which teacheth thee that thou and I am one Shall we be sundered? Shall we part, sweet girl? no let thy father seek another heir therefore devise with me how we may fly whither to go and what to bear with us and do not seek to take your change upon you to bear your griefs yourself and leave me out for by this heaven now at our sorrows pale say what thou canst i'll go along with thee why whither shall we
3: go to seek my uncle in the forest of Arden. Alas, what danger will it be to us, maids as we are, to travel forth so far? Beauty provoketh thieves sooner than gold.
2: I'll put myself in poor and mean attire, and with a kind of umber smirch my face. The like do you. So shall we pass along, and never stir assailants.
3: Were it not better... Because that I am more than common tall, that I did suit me all points like a man. A gallant, curdle-axe upon my thigh, a boar-spear in my hand and in my heart. lie there, what hidden woman's fear there will. We'll have a a swashing on a martial outside, as many other mannish cowards have that do outface it with their semblances. Well, what shall I call thee when thou art a man? I'll have no worse a name than Jove's own page. Therefore, look, you call me Ganymede. But what will you be called? Something
2: that hath a
3: reference to my state. No
2: longer Celia, but Aliena.
3: But cousin, what if we essayed to steal the clownish fool out of your father's court? Wouldn't he not be a comfort to our travel? He'll
2: go along o'er the wide world with me. Leave me alone to woo him. Let's away and get our jewels and our wealth together. Devise the fittest time and safest way to hide us from pursuit that will be made after our my flight. Now go we in content to liberty and not to banishment.
1: Good. I think that was good. What did you did you feel it was different? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it felt more. I mean, I don't have notes because I don't think there were things that were specific. Um, I I think it's you know the the tough thing about the scene is when does it lighten up or does it lighten Mm -hmm. up? Are the tears there through? through the whole thing, which I think, you know, if we were rehearsing the whole play and had all the scenes leading up to it, we would be able to address more seriously. But that's, I think, the, the question I still have about this section. So, all right. So, Nathan, you want to join us? <laughs> uh,
0: sure. Yeah, I can, uh, I can come back.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I think we've done our rehearsing. I don't think I want to torture everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, if, if the comments are any indication and in the, uh, the emojis flying around are any indication, I, I don't think it's any torture for anyone. Maybe, uh, uh maybe the actors, but, uh, I'll, That's I'll, that I'll that leave that
1: to them. <laughs> um, but,
0: uh, uh, yeah, I will just share, uh, let's see, a couple of things that came in. Uh, Christine said, thank you, really enjoyed the performances. Uh, and, and Peter, uh, who, uh, some may have seen in Julius Caesar, I'm, I'm outing him a little bit. Uh, he said, uh, thank you ladies three, extremely well done, well prepared, lots of fun and crystal clear. Now get someone to produce the damn play and use all three of you. Bravo tutti! Sorry. I can't say <laughs> another zoom rehearsal <laughs> yeah. lies before me. Love all three of you. So He's thank a you.
2: Dear. Even um, if he is a Yankees fan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. Shots are fine. Let's, uh, <laughs> yeah. let's, let's keep the civil. Um, uh, and Carly says so much fun, great work everyone so uh um yes uh yeah it uh it it's it has been uh really fun and uh enjoyable to watch um i would uh I'll just remind everyone if people have questions uh you know of, of the artists uh you feel free to use the zoom chat or if you're you're feeling uh brave enough, you want to just turn your mic on, you can ask a question that way or feel free to join us on video um but uh uh you know I'll, I'll ask a, a couple questions uh, you know, we actually before we came on, um, we were talking. Uh, Elizabeth, you brought up the the you thou conversation, and uh, you know, it, it goes to the point of you know you could continue working on this uh, these two scenes for for weeks and just kind of exploring everything. But would you mind sharing a little bit about you know what you discovered over the past week and and how that might continue to inform this scene? Were you guys to continue working on it?
1: Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the, the Duke comes in and he says, ah, uh, what does he say? Um, mistress, dispatch you with your safest haste, get you from our court, you cousin, within these 10 days, if thou beest found, so near our public quarters, 20 miles, thou dies for it. And, and then he uses the, thou to, to, to her through the whole scene until the end. And the you is more formal. And I think at the beginning he's coming in because I think he's been sort of pissed off looking at the girls with Orlando after the wrestling. And that I think there's something I think that's what drives him to come in and sort of say, I've got to get rid of that Rosalind, because I don't like what's happening between her and my daughter. It's not looking good to me. So he's on a roll when he comes in and it's and it's formal. He's being the Duke. And then there's something Where when she answers him, um, I think his respect, I mean, because what is the the can be intimate family or it can be disrespect. Hmm. And I think it goes to disrespect at that point with her. And that's the way it is throughout the whole scene until at the end when he is the formal pronouncement of you die. I mean, he's now the Duke making that pronouncement again, as he sure. was at the beginning. Um, so, um, and he does it with his daughter, too. He uses both, but for different reasons. When he does mm-hmm. thee with his daughter, it's loving, and the you is keeping it a little distant. And there's so, that's, I mean, the question is, does Shakespeare know exactly what he's doing all the time when he does this you, the thing? I tend to want to explore it and mm-hmm. dig into it forever and ever, because I think you can always see possibilities. I think, as I mentioned before, the other big scene for me where this happens is Hotspur and Lady Percy, where um, the scene is, they switch back and forth, they both do. And when they're being... The warrior who must leave and the warrior's wife who must let him leave. It's you. And every time they get back to being people who are sexy and in love with each other, they go mm-hmm. to thee and that. Oh, okay. And so, I mean, that was to me, and I, that was a big disc. That was my discovery scene, actually, for the mm. for how it can work and be the bare bones of a scene. So, um, and that we didn't even look at in rehearsal. I suddenly hit it hit me saying, "Oh my God, you didn't deal with that." <laughs> you know, these, these things that. You don't deal with because you're dealing with something else and then right. suddenly you go, whoa, that's a biggie.
0: Well, uh, you know, to, 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 I think it's a great point to, to raise and, uh, just to give people an insight to how much you can do. I mean, I, I don't know, uh, in any of the other scenes if it even came up. It's not to say, people weren't thinking about it, but there's just so much to explore when you're looking at antithesis and operatives and shared lines and, and all these other, and not to mention intention and all this kind of stuff that you want to talk about. Uh, it's just like, Oh, right. There's, there's even more you can discuss uh, about all this. So it, it just, yeah. it, just many layers to, to keep pulling back.
2: It's such a great way to know status too. Like in, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Uh, Liz was talking about the disrespect. It's also, a higher status to a lower status person and, and if she had said, you know, you're banished expecting Rosalind to say, I'm sorry, okay, but she says me uncle. And then that can like trigger like, no, I'm putting you in your place with, right, with, right. with this language.
0: Right. And like, and I'm the duke. Right. And, I and, and it's, and it's so helpful for uh, actors, director to understand what these things can, can mean because they can inform blocking. They can inform choices. Uh, as opposed to just kind of rolling over, like, okay, you know, this is what I say, this is what you say, but just understanding. And, and of course, like in the moment, uh, Megan, as you're talking about it, like what you hear as the character, you know, like you're, you're used to a certain, uh, familiarity with your father. And then all of a sudden it becomes very formal or, or, or you're hearing a lot of disrespect. Uh, it's, it can really inform what, what you're doing rather than just, you know, like I'm confused. It's just like, you're wounded too. So it's, uh, right. yeah. It's really,
2: and Celia comes back to her father, very respectfully saying, so was I when you, hmm. you know, as in like, I respect you, dad, please listen to right. me. This is what I need.
0: Right. Right. That's great. Um, let me just share a, a few more, uh, comments. We have Marcelo said, uh, bravo ladies, very clear, wonderful. Um, Miranda shared uh, really enjoyable. Thank you all so much. Uh, and Howard said, their listening emphasis on listening across the zoom platform was incredible and so crucial to these scenes. Did you guys work on that deliberately? Uh, and, uh, let's see. It looks like he's also asking or saying the uniform muted colors of their background really helped. Like they were in the same room together.
3: Huh. Um, <laughs> <Unplanned>. but,
0: yeah, <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, maybe you guys could speak on, uh, speak about that, that kind of, I guess, listening quality and, um, Either specifically to Zoom or or just in your general work on the scene.
1: Well, I didn't think... actually tell them to because they're good enough to know that they should and to do it. So, and it's it is interesting. I mean, I, I didn't didn't have much to do as an actor, so it, yeah. I mean, I never know whether I'm supposed to look at the picture or the camera. It's hard trying to figure this all out. Um, how did you two feel about it?
3: Yeah. I, uh, I mean, for me, when I can settle in and listen, which obviously takes, you know, to, to distract the rest of the, you know, let the day go and focus on Megan and get in there and get in that headspace. It's just so much easier. The, the scene is so much easier because then I just respond to Megan as opposed to have to invent it from my own head. Um And then I let it's, uh but getting there is a, is a kind of a Zen place. So I think for that first scene, I felt like I was listening much better the second time, which is why for me, why the, the second time we went over that first scene felt, felt better. I bad.
2: think listening is, is mm. the, both the hardest part of acting in a lot of ways. And also the most crucial, like my boyfriend and I watch a lot of things and, and, and it, and it is so obvious when people aren't listening and it and it just takes me right out and so so that's actually a goal of mine in general and what's lovely about particularly the Rosalind Celia stuff is they play off each other all the time and you cannot come up with a punchline if you do not hear the setup yes. and so like there was one line where she says uh, I would if I if, if I could cry him and have him and she says oh come come you wrestle with it. you know it's like and I the first time we did it I started like right on top of it and I was like oh but I haven't heard her so I think right. that's, that's something that we all, it's, it's harder in Shakespeare because there's so much language to remember and the focus is on the language and, Oh, pick up your cues. But, but I think it, it dies if you're not listening. So I'm, that was like the nicest compliment.
0: Well, uh, Yeah, no, it, it was yeah. very clear. And and I think, um, you know, the other thing while I know this platform presents a number of challenges uh, both for the performers and, and for audience, you know, it's certainly not the same as being in a theater. I think um, it's, you know, again, it puts the emphasis on the text, that to some degree, you can even attend this, uh, pretending like it's a radio play, where you, if you just listen, it's, it's going to come through and, 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 you will hear the actors listening to each other based on how they're responding. You don't have to be watching their faces to hear it. And Gideon, the, the dramaturg that we've been working with, you know, he, he will say over and over, and he would say, tell a lot of the actors going into these evenings, you know, uh, Shakespeare's audiences went to go hear a play. They didn't go to see a play. They went to go hear it. So, um, again, that he's reinforcing that there, there is a lot of emphasis on, uh, on the text and on telling the story and not necessarily what it looks like and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I, I think it's, it's nice that that material kind of lends itself to, uh, you know, maybe an imperfect uh, visual. Um, uh, and, and I, and I, and I mean the platform overall. You all are perfect visuals, uh, but the, uh, the platform is, is, is leaves something to be desired.
3: In a way, um, it's all you can do is listen. You, I right, mean, on exactly. this platform. There's no other, there's no sex, there's no costumes. Right. There's, you know, right. you can even get to see your whole, uh, partner's body, you know. Exactly.
0: You, you can- and, and, you know, while I notice, uh, you know, some performers, I mean, I noticed the moment, uh, Aubrey, you know, you, you're very comfortable looking into camera for a while. Um, that's great. And as a, as an audience member, that's great, but it's, I mean, it's just one of those actor kind of technical things that you have to work to do because it disconnects you from everyone you're playing with, because you're not looking at anyone else. You're looking into this, you know, object that isn't your scene partner. So um, I think that's really uh commendable that, you know, you guys are able to create such a relationship uh, over this uh, medium. Um, let me get back to one other comment here. Uh, let's see. Uh Let's see. So Jim said, uh, uh, very nice. After the Duke, these characters are facing a big problem, a life and death uh, uh, decision. I'd like to see them uh, brainstorm their solution, discover each part of their plan, earn each idea, see this planning bubble up so that at the end they're delighted uh, with their solution. Uh, and I, I think, Elizabeth, that kind of went to what you were talking about is like the, the discovery of, of, of this. So that, yeah, it. it once, once they're left uh, not knowing what they're going to do, that it becomes. And I think, you know, like many parts of this, you could continue exploring how much is it is it uh, a discovery, and and how much, you know, again, how much does it bubble up as as Jim was suggesting. Um, one thing I wanted to ask, uh, you know, Elizabeth, you mentioned I think at the top, you know your experience with the play. And I know Megan's had experience with the play. Uh, Aubrey, have you, have you done the play
3: before? Uh, I have assistant directed. I'm going to direct it this summer, Uh but no, I haven't been in it as an actor. Oh, okay. It's okay. Right, night cool. Several times, but no. Never.
0: Okay. Um, well, I would, I would be curious if we could start with Megan, um, you know, and cause I know, I I know you've played Rosalind. I don't know if you've, have you played? I play Sielder? Phoebe too. Okay. So you've played Phoebe and Rosalind. And so what was, what was like, Coming to this part and these scenes now from a different perspective, and, and what did you learn? Um, you know, it's it's always interesting to come at a scene now playing a different character um, because maybe you hear the lines differently than when you did, you know, receiving them, uh, you know, in, in the other production. So, what was your journey like with these with the, with, with this work?
2: Ah. Uh. Well, it's really fun because Aubrey's so different from me. So, I uh and I think I was more like the Rosalind in the uh I played Phoebe in my very first professional production ever and mm-hmm. I love Phoebe. She's a, a just she's a marvelous character with a great journey. And um and Rosalind is top 3 roles ever for me. I I just think she's an extraordinary person. Um but it's really fun I think I mean I think one thing is is that the gift of one of the gifts of this play is extraordinary female roles mm-hmm. uh, and all of these women are marvelous and um and Celia is is I feel like she's she's so uh she's just she's she's a a little more like level-headed than than rosalind is and she can Mm kind of she can be kind of snarky and you know get in you know they make fun of each other and they have a good time and you know but mostly for me it's it's a it's a a sense of and i'm also older than i was when the last time i played rosalind so it's fun to come back as like you know, a grown lady and, and play, play with it. And, uh, but it, but really it's, it's hearing words that, that are like deep in my bones coming out of somebody else's mouth in a, in a way that is so different. That's magic. I think that's one of the wonderful things about Shakespeare is there's so much, much breadth in how you can be these people. Like they're such full human beings Mm -hmm. and yet you can still bring so much of yourself to it. So that was really, really fun. I would, I would do it with Aubrey and a Hart, do the whole play,
3: (laughs) you know. Uh, But But I, I think
2: every every production of this that I've seen has been different, and and I love it. It's my favorite of the comedies.
0: Well, as uh, uh, James Newcomb said at the beginning of the week, uh, you know, what he likes to say is this is the definitive production of, of As You Like It because no no time else will these actors, you know, be together doing this. So it's it's definitive. That's right. Um, but, you know, I know, I know, as you said, you know, you bring yourself uh, to the character, um, you know, and, and so even playing Rosalind or Celia or Phoebe, you know, you're bringing parts of yourself, you know, to those parts each time you're playing them. Now working on those three roles, do you feel like you, Megan, you, you know, more closely identifies with uh, any of the, I guess, written personality of those three? Is there one that you I think feel I closest still to? Probably
2: a Rosalind at heart.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, but I but then I got a ton of Celia too. Less Phoebe. Phoebe was, is younger. I think okay, I've gotten sure. beyond Phoebe, although <laughs> I still think that she's so much fun. But uh but yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a, a toss up. I like okay. both.
0: So yeah, you you're, you're are, a combination of Rosalind and Celia. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, maybe a heart heart of one, head of the other, or something. That's right. um, and uh Aubrey, uh you know, since uh since this was kind of you know new to you obviously as a as a performer, um, though you had the uh, the, the directing experience and, and obviously you're preparing to work on it again in that capacity. What was, uh, your journey with, with working on this stuff? What, what, were there particular things that, uh, you know, challenged you or, or, you know, that you discovered working on this material or, or anything like that that you want to share?
3: Uh, sure. Well, first of all, I want to say what a delight and actually kind of a rare one, um, as someone who's done a lot of Shakespeare to be in the room with, with just ladies and have a, a fantastic director and get like that that just doesn't happen a lot in, sure. in in Shakespeare in my experience so that I felt like informed the room um, in in a really lovely way um, i think there is so much wordplay between the two of these ladies that it's um to really go through it with a fine tooth comb and realize okay maybe on the surface you see some but when you start to dig like they are word playing every you know every line there's a, there's a back and forth and a and a, a uh, with each other which makes it so delightful to work with Megan. I think the, the challenge of Rosalind is, is this like open-hearted, like madly in love, uh, in an, in an instant, right? And, and also a brilliant mind and really smart and, um, fearless and strong. I mean, the things that I'd say to the, the Duke when he comes in, uh, and I say like, yeah, well, you know, you banished my father, by the way. So, you know, like standing up mm-hmm. to him. So there's, just in these short scenes and just a matter of a few pages, there's so many facets in there. And this was from working on it for, I mean, oh gosh, you know, like, you know, we did each scene twice or once. Sure. And uh I feel like the, there is a South sea of discovery here, you know, and we have uh, just scratched the surface. So, and that it's all, there's so much in the text that you could keep going back to the text and it will keep informing you. And, um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's just something I love about Shakespeare in general and very, very true in this scene, in these two scenes.
0: Well, great. Um, well, I think it's a testament to all of you, uh, of how far along you are after, after such, uh, you know, after so few rehearsals. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that, that was very evident, uh, by me and, and from, I think, all of you, even after the first week, it was like, oh, okay, you know, yeah, we could, we can work at a little bit of an accelerated pace because you know all of you bring so much uh, experience and history, you know, of working on these on these plays, and so I think that was really fun. I was I was never worried, you know, getting to this evening that it was like, well, you know, they're they're going to be great because they were they were great in week one, but it's it's been nice to see the uh, evolution of the characters, like uh, you know the the relationship between uh, Rosalind and Celia. I know you know all three of you discussed that a lot, and. You know, as you were talking about Aubrey, that open heartedness of, of Rosalind, of, of her really just kind of losing her mind when when she's hearing about Orlando in the second scene, and 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 of course that makes the comedy even better because you know there's just this girl who's going crazy um, about all this stuff, and um, so yeah, no, it was just it was just really fun. Um, Liz, was there anything else that you wanted to share about? uh uh, how you approach these scenes, or what you were kind of uh you know looking for or or your your approach in general working on this stuff
1: uh well I get you know we worked on the text and we talked about the relationships and the needs uh of the of the characters and I mean, I think the real thing was when Frederick comes in and and ruins their lives, so to speak, it is really life and death they have no idea what they're going to face. Mm. And, you know, and I mean, so I think if we were going to work further, I would probably break down each moment as that James suggested, that there is, you know, that each item occurs to them. I'd want to do it very, very slowly, perhaps, and say, we didn't think of that. Mm. And then there's this, and then there's that. I mean, and then I think if we, because we talked about that even in the, in the second scene, when we were working on the, that's, that scene, that it's the seriousness of what is going on when she suddenly realizes that he is here in the forest and I can't show myself to him mm-hmm. this, dressed as a man. And, you know, you can bounce through it and it's very funny. But once we got to the nitty gritty of the seriousness of this, I mean, I think Celia is loving the fact that that Rosalind is right. taking it so seriously, right. and that was the balance was that, that Celia's having fun, and Rosalind is terrified, and uh, and that it started to get funnier the more terrified Rosalind got. So I think those are the things. It's, and I think you commented afterwards that you, we must not never forget the seriousness of comedy. Right. Um, Because that's how it all. Her situation is right. desperate. Right. So, yeah, um, yeah so those are the sorts of things. And I mean, it was the, the, the listening is always so important. Obviously, in any play, there is any actor must listen. But when you've got every line having a little gem in it that the, the mm-hmm. next. Actor is going to have to pick up on and play with. You've got to make sure because you miss a lot of them the first time through and then you go, oh, and there's that. Mm-hmm. And who won that round? Because there are little competitions that mm-hmm. they have between right. them. And it was finding those things and there's always more to be found. So, um, anyway, it's, but it's wonderful to work with people that, that are so good. I mean, yeah. cause I've, I've done Celia twice. Oh. And, and Phoebe once. And at Phoebe and Celia, I played in the same production, which was pretty <laughs> hysterical because you're, obviously we had to make a decision as to who you were in the, in the final. Shall I tell my story? Sure, go ahead. Did you hear it when I told it in rehearsal? Yeah. No, I mean, it was way, way, way back. It was a school's tour, and I was Celia, and I was Phoebe. And it's a costume design story because the costume for Phoebe... Uh, did up in the front and the costume for Celia in the back, or one way or the other. But, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a mistake to have a co- quick costume change. And there was something like 10 seconds for the change. To They, they, they needed to work the same right. way. So this poor student who'd been given the job to be my, my dresser, she's back there and I leap into, the, into Phoebe's costume. And Phoebe's costume has made had uh, put some extra boobs in. So now I walk on stage... With my own boobs, which had never been small and the extra pair of boobs out the back because she gave it to me the wrong way round. And I, I was getting laughs and laughs and I didn't realize until I got off stage what the tickets was going on. So um, I think it's a costume design story and more than anything. Yes, yeah. But it was that uh, that was my experience of playing both of those characters in one production. <laughs>
0: uh that's great um, you know you you mentioned the, the the seriousness of the comedy and and you know one of the i think almost silver linings of this platform is that uh even though you can't hear the audience reaction uh you know on these on these evenings uh it almost forces the actor to stay honest that you know you're not you're, you're you know you're not playing for laughs you're not like oh oh I got a really big laugh on that last line like now I'll lean into it um you know even in the rehearsal room and you know doing regular theater uh, if there are other people watching the scene you might get some laughs from them and and it, we're human you can't help uh you know that sometimes that that seeps in and so on this platform it it really does force you to just stay with the scene and you're just with your scene partner and, and mm-hmm. and all that. So I think it, it, it almost kind of helps, uh, uh, it helps things get deeper because you're just forced to really, uh, stay with the moment and rather than, than playing for laughs or playing the comedy. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, as I'm sure many people had this reaction, as you were telling your story, Liz, uh, uh Alexis says, Oh my God, what a story. So. <laughs> Uh good. Well um uh, I I wanna I'll kind of give one more call for for any questions from the audience or feedback or or things like that. Uh of course, uh uh Megan, uh, uh Aubrey or, or Elizabeth, if there's anything else you want to share, uh, you know you're you're happy to, uh, you're welcome to about uh, uh this this process or working on this. Uh it it's been wonderful watching you guys do all this stuff.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Nathan, and thank you for organizing this and giving us a place to work together in this crazy world. Well, um, happy birthday, Nathan. Thank you. Sorry, Nathan. I just uh, had uh, to sneak that's it a, in.
0: That's very, it's very sweet of you. Thank okay. you. Um, yes. Uh, uh, who doesn't want to be organizing, uh, uh, four Shakespeare scenes on the, on the week of their birthday? Um, but, uh, yes, no, it has it, been a pleasure. Um, and well, yeah, I mean, you, you know, very quickly you, you, you realize, or at least I realized a uh, very quickly early last year of like. Wait a second, I know a lot of very talented people who probably have a lot of time on their hands right now um, and 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 are probably itching for something to do and so i mean we we did the first live stream reading, I think just within a few weeks of the of the lockdown yeah. order um, yeah. and uh, uh you know, well, as 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 fun as that was, you know one of the comments is that's kind of crazy. It's, I mean, it's even crazier than doing theater. Um, so, you know, that that's where these conversations came out of. And, and it's been wonderful to see that, uh, uh, you know, the actors, you know, all of you artists uh, have responded to this format of of being able to spend so much time uh, on the text, because, you know, unless you, you know, went to grad school or, and maybe only since you went to grad school, did you have the kind of time to really pour over what you know what is this what are these you know 200 lines about and what are we doing here and all that kind of stuff so um no it's and and Liz your comment earlier about working on a whole play you know doing the text work really taking the time it's uh it i, I would love to see you know that there being kind of a I'll use this word renaissance and that kind of uh, appreciation and investment uh for uh, theaters you know doing that kind of work because it only enhances everything uh, you know and and everyone can be uh, everyone 's job can be enhanced by that work you know from costumes to lights to sets if everybody really knows what 's going on so uh you know i i i hope if if this can play a small part in that that 'll be that 'll be great and and now we 've discovered all these online tools that uh you know we can connect and share this work a little more broadly so um uh, uh yeah that's no, it 's great it 's wonderful so uh, well, I think I think we can kind of wrap it up here for the public uh, part of this evening. So, uh, uh, thank you again, uh, all of you uh, attending. If the uh, if the as you like it women could uh, could stay put, uh, I will uh, uh, move some uh, folks into the uh, waiting room. You're welcome to uh, drop off the call now. I'm seeing some more applause come in. Uh, uh, people are really enjoying this. So, thank you all very very much. Uh, and uh, yeah, be sure to I will be sure to uh, uh, stay in touch with all of the attendees and and let you know of, of more ways that you can get involved or uh, be part of this in the future. Hey, it's Nathan here one more time. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in to that uh, entire presentation. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love going back. I mean, every time I watch these, I'll learn something new. Uh, the work is just so fantastic and so deep uh it, it's just wonderful so i hope you really enjoyed that uh and like i said the plan is to roll out more of these so please stay tuned to the podcast uh or youtube um you know i really i'm really making an effort to uh, you know put more of this out there and not just uh, hold on to it and wait for someday. uh and uh you know if you're not on the email list go to workingactorsjourney.com um that is usually uh where you will find out first about things that are coming up You know where I first shared about uh, Libby being part of the rehearsal room and anything else that's going on, I probably will be able to email about it first before I'm able to get it out on the podcast uh, or YouTube. Maybe social media, but email is again gonna be your best bet. So, workingactorsjourney.com. It's free to sign up. You can even get uh, a resource. It's called 10 Ways to Stop Worrying and Start Working. Uh, some of the uh, best advice from, I think, the first two seasons of the show uh, in a PDF. So, you get that immediately when you uh, sign up. Uh, you get that free. And then you'll get ongoing notices of what we're doing. So, that is it. Hope you're having a great rest of your day. Look forward to sharing more with you soon. And take care. I'm Nathan Agin and enjoy the journey.